I'm Elizabeth Slattery, and welcome to SCOTUS 101, where we break down what's happening at the Supreme Court, what the justices are up to, and other things related to our favorite branch of government. This is a special summer session edition of SCOTUS 101, and in this episode, we're going to talk about what to expect during Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation hearing, which will take place next week. Today, I'm joined by my colleague, Tom Jipping. Until a few months ago, Tom served as Senator Orrin Hatch's chief counsel on the Senate Judiciary Committee, where he worked on several Supreme Court nominations. Tom, welcome back to SCOTUS 101. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, so you were on the podcast, I think it was a, about a year ago. It was last summer, so thanks for coming back. Before we dig into the details of next week's hearing, I have to ask, what's it like being on the outside after having worked on confirmations for 15 years? Well, someone asked me whether I missed the Senate now that I'm here at Heritage. And I said, I really don't, not because there's anything wrong with the Senate, but I really enjoy it working with you and, and our other colleagues here. I, I will miss it a little bit, though, during the hearing, because yeah. uh, especially working for a, a senior committee member like Senator Hatch, it's really an exciting place to be and, mm-hmm. and to be able to contribute directly. But I got to say, um, being on the outside, as you say, it's a lot more freedom to to write about and, and advocate certain ideas and a lot more freedom to do programs like this and, and in other ways to participate in the debate over a nomination like this. Okay, turning to next week, the hearing will last four days, so let's walk through each day. Day one, the senators will bloviate. I mean, they'll make their opening statements. So tell me about what sort of themes you think are going to emerge in the statements. Yeah, Tuesday the 4th, um, I believe the the committee will start at 9.30 in the morning, and there are 20 committee members. Each will probably have about 10 minutes to make an opening statement. Um, You know, as you know, one of the most dangerous places in Washington to be is is between a senator and a TV camera. (laughs) So they'll all be there. They'll all – there'll be a a tremendous uh, media attention, and you'll hear – I think in general, you'll hear Democrats and Republicans speak to very different views Mm -hmm. of what the judiciary is about and the kind of justice that uh, America needs on the bench. And then you'll also get a preview of more specific lines of questions, issues that are going to be addressed. Some senators Mm -hmm. will lay that out pretty specifically uh, and others will do it more generally. But I think you'll get um, some insight both at that general level and, uh, and specifically about questions they're going to ask over the next couple of days. Do you think we'll hear a lot about Trump and the Mueller investigation? Uh, nomination hearings like a Supreme Court nominee uh, can be used for many different things. And as we've seen over the last couple of months, some of the lines of attack against Judge Kavanaugh haven't really related much to Judge Kavanaugh. They've been yeah. really using him as a proxy to make other kinds of arguments. So, yes, I think you'll you'll see a real mix uh, of uh, questions and statements um, that have some of it which have to do with the nominee, but many of which will not. So moving to day two and three, this is when Kavanaugh appears before the committee. So tell me about that. Those will be long days. I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the nominee will be before the the committee from, you know, 9 or 10 in the morning till possibly 7, 8 at night. Um, As I say, there's 20 members of the committee. If they go by past practice, the first opportunity to ask questions, each senator will have 30 minutes Mm -hmm. to ask the nominee questions. Now, just do the math, and you're talking 
uh, 10 hours of time right there. And that's just for the first round. And that's even if they stay on a schedule, which <laughs> senators are not known to do. Um, and, you know, they'll go uh, in order of decreasing seniority, uh, alternating between the two parties. Um, but that, that's, a, that's different than really any other hearing, any other confirmation hearing that the Judiciary Committee has with, with really extended periods of time for individual senators to, to ask the nominee questions. It can be a little bit awkward because there, there's um, really less opportunity for interaction in the sense that depending on what the nominee would say to a senator's questions now, mm -hmm. that, that senator might not have an opportunity to follow up and ask the, the nominee some more questions until the next day. <laughs> and that can be uh, uh, somewhat cumbersome to follow, but it's, but it's an important part of the process. Okay, and then day four is outside witnesses. So how many are there typically, and what type of groups are we going to see represented? Yeah, on, on Friday the 7th, there will be witnesses for and against. The majority and minority parties on the committee uh, will have worked out the number of witnesses. It may be, you know, as high as, as 20 or more. Um, oh, geez. Depending on how they split that up. Um you know, because it's a Supreme Court nomination, uh, they tend to be pretty significant people, uh, heads of, of recognizable national organizations. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll have individuals who have a particular personal connection to yeah. the nominee, perhaps former clerks. Um, these, these witnesses will only have five minutes apiece mm -hmm. to say what they want to say, although they can submit for the record uh, any kind of written uh, testimony or other material that they have. Um, and do the senators typically ask them any questions or is it just well, they come and give their typically they do not. I mean, typically uh, attendance, both by senators and other people, the media and others, uh, tends to decline as the week goes along. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of times there's quite a bit less attention paid to that fourth day, even though these are important people, they're, they're important voices for and against the nominee. Yeah. Um, Senators, especially since this will be a Friday, because of the <laughs> holiday, uh, it's moved forward a day. Uh, senators are probably going to want to leave town, which they typically do on a Friday. Mm -hmm. So there may, there may be relatively little uh, interaction with senators and these witnesses. At the same time, because some witnesses uh, are chosen specifically by the majority or minority to to voice a particular point or to make a particular mm -hmm. kind of an argument, uh, th there, there may be some of some attention paid to them just to give that them a platform to make those points. I remember during the Gorsuch hearing, there was someone on his, uh, you know, a witness on his side, uh, Jamil Jaffer, who works at George Mason University. He's a law professor. And he had worked with Gorsuch in the, uh, the Justice Department and clerked for him at the 10th Circuit, and then the other side had their own Jamil Jaffer, who works at the ACLU, uh, to oppose Neil Gorsuch. So uh, I wonder if we'll see any, you know, battling Jamil Jaffers uh, or anything well, like that. Well, who knows? I mean, <laughs> li like uh, Judge Gorsuch, Judge, Judge Kavanaugh has had a, a very varied, you know, legal career, mm -hmm. uh, has known and worked with a lot of people over the years, uh, and it's usually a, a very interesting mix. I, I kind of regret that, that there's not more attention paid to, to the witnesses because a lot of times they do have interesting things to say.
Well, we will definitely be watching. Yes, at we least. will. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about some of the things that may come up at the hearing. So for a long time now, nominees have taken a hard line and said that they're not going to answer questions about whether a past Supreme Court decision was rightly decided or whether it was wrong. Um, so what do you think about this line that, that uh, a lot of nominees have taken? Well, I, as you mentioned earlier, the, the, the two sides of a conflict like this have a very different idea of what judges are supposed to do and the role mm-hmm. they're supposed to play. The, the more impartial you believe a judge should be, uh, the, the, the really the less you want them to be committing themselves, especially in a hearing under oath to politicians, uh, what their legal views are on specific issues. Yeah. But if you have a very political view of the, of the courts and really all you want to know is how they're going to rule on certain cases or for certain parties, then you really are going to press them for that. Mm-hmm. I personally believe impartiality is the heart of what judges are, of how judges are supposed to approach their cases. And, you know, like Gorsuch was, Kavanaugh is already a sitting judge. He mm-hmm. has that obligation now. And I so I, I completely support um, nominees resisting the kind of, you know, fess up sort of questions like <laughs> tell me in advance who you're going to, what are you going to say and how are you going to rule and who you like and who you don't like. It, it's kind of like if you were hiring an umpire and you ask them in advance before the season started which teams were going to win and which teams were going <laughs> to lose. Well, you, of course that wouldn't be appropriate, and you wouldn't hire them if you did say. So uh, I expect that same clash of mm-hmm. those two views to be in evidence, and the nominee, uh, Judge Kavanaugh, I'm sure will take the same approach that past nominees have and be very protective of his impartiality. Yeah, I mean, Justice Scalia wouldn't even say if Marbury versus Madison was rightly decided. That is correct. I was working the Scalia for him. Standard. Well, I was working for him that summer when I was a law student and attended his hearing. And uh-huh. of course, that was ahead of the, the way the process has degraded after that. But looking back, he was not. He was confirmed ninety-eight to zero, yeah. uh, and the, the world has really has really changed. But but the obligation of a judge has not, and mm-hmm. judges really are. Uh, obligated to preserve their impartiality, even if senators uh, don't want them to. Well said. So this will be Kamala Harris um, and Cory Booker's first hearing for a Supreme Court nominee on the committee. Uh, And they both have presidential aspirations. So what do you think we can expect from them? Well, we've seen in the uh, Judiciary Committee, um, both of them kind of uh, sort of testing out different kinds of themes and, <laughs> and different ways of approaching their voting. And mm-hmm. um, Senator Booker uh, regularly takes opportunities to speak in very um, sort of grand, impassioned terms uh, about broad issues. Uh, he he casts uh, many of these situations in terms of race and other kinds of things. Um, Kamala Harris, not quite so much, but... She has a much more, of course, she was Attorney General of California and mm-hmm. is an experienced prosecutor. So she has a very pointed and specific way of questioning uh, a nominee. But they're both going to position themselves in opposition to not only Judge Kavanaugh and the approach to judging that he represents, but also to the president who nominated him. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Sheldon Whitehouse really likes to bring up dark money. So how many times do you think... <laughs> 
You, when you want to make a wager, how many times do you think he's going to bring that up? I'm not a betting man, but uh, <laughs> he, he has a, 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 a breathtaking consistency to him when it comes to uh, issues like that. He's certainly going to bring that up. He's certainly going to bring up organizations that supposedly played a role in getting Kavanaugh nominated. and Yeah, like our very own Heritage like Foundation. Like the Heritage Foundation. <laughs> and, and our he, friends at the Federalist Society. Absolutely. And, you know, he'll he'll probably ask inappropriate questions to, to Kavanaugh, like, you know, will you press the Heritage Foundation and the Federalist Society and the, you know, to cough up, you know, their donors or whatever it is. <laughs> and, you know, that, that's that's a theme that he finds important and he's going to take every opportunity to press it, I think. Yeah, maybe we should make a bingo card. Uh, we could have dark money, super precedent, yeah. uh, well, Roe I think, v. Wade, well, Citizens I think, United, uh, what else? You know, people who follow these hearings, um, by now they really need a code book to kind yeah. of figure <laughs> out uh, because some of the some of the same words are used, but they mean very different things. Um, and people ought to expect to hear some of those very same cliches and code words that, <laughs> uh, that they heard last year because um, that's that's part of the playbook. Do you think there will be any surprises from the Republicans? Uh, you think John Kennedy is going to subject the nominee to his uh, criminal procedure 101 exam, like some of the well, other judicial nominations? When, when I worked on the Judiciary Committee, um, S- Senator Kennedy can be a little bit baffling to, to figure out as to <laughs> what motivates uh, the kinds of questions that he asks, especially to Republican nominees. Um in a sense, I hope that we are pleasantly surprised by Republicans generally in that they not only come to – they make an affirmative case for why Brett Kavanaugh is such a great nominee and why he's the kind of judge that we need on the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. but also a strong defense when Kavanaugh comes under attack. I hope we really see you know, both of those done in a really vigorous way. Yeah. Not just by a couple members of the committee. Senator Grassley does that. Senator Hatch, Senator Cornyn, perhaps. I hope we see that from all of the Republicans um, who, to be really engaged and to, to articulate what Americans need to, to learn about the judiciary. Because this is an important opportunity for our fellow citizens to really learn more about this part of their government. So is there anything that you think the senators should be asking Kavanaugh at the hearing that you think may not come up? Well, I, I, it, it won't come up enough that they, they articulate the kinds of questions that reflect what judges are supposed to do in our system of government. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll, each one of these, they kind of make more progress in doing that. But the idea that if you can't ask or if you shouldn't ask a judicial nominee sort of the, the box score questions, you know, who, who are you going to vote for, whose side are you going to be on, <laughs> that there's nothing to talk about. Uh, doesn't know what these issues are all about. Um, so I, I, like I say, I hope we're pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. as to the, the, especially Republicans' efforts to address those substantive issues in ways that our fellow Americans, you know, will really understand and learn from. Yeah, um, they, they've they've been kind of underwhelming in the past mm-hmm. about that, but with each one of these, uh, I think they get a little bit better and take it more seriously. Maybe we should send them uh, a copy of the the Heritage Good Judge, Bad Judge video where we really lay it out at a basic level. Well, what makes a good judge? Let me tell you, as you know, um, you don't have to go to law school to really grasp these basic 
ideas. In fact, if you go to law school, chances are your understanding of them will be worse when you come out. <laughs> um, but that's really what it's about. What makes a good judge? What makes a bad judge? This mm -hmm. is about, uh, it, this is like a job applicant coming before, you know, in a, into a, a job interview, and you got to have a clear idea of what the job description is. And, and that's really what this debate is about. So, uh, you know, you could do worse than providing that video and, and other kinds of things <laughs> that you and, and I have, you know, written about um, as kind of a roadmap for framing um, what can be a really, uh, really great conversation about these issues. So then after the hearing, explain what happens between the hearing and when the nominee is eventually voted on by the full Senate. What There are a couple things sure. that happen. Well, after the hearing will be done on the 7th, then it uh, then the Judiciary Committee has to vote on um, – they're not really voting up or down on the nomination. They're voting mm -hmm. on what kind of recommendation to give the full Senate because, of course, yeah. the full Senate is what has to decide either yay or nay. So the, the committee will vote um, within one or two weeks after the hearing uh, on whether to give a, a, a positive recommendation or a – or no recommendation, they have that option. Mm -hmm. um, and then once that goes to the floor, I, I suspect Democrats have not been very cooperative on judicial nominations in terms of scheduling debates and scheduling for final confirmation votes, and I, and I doubt they will be now. So Senator McConnell, who's the majority leader, he will probably file what's called a cloture motion right when the the nomination gets to the full Senate. And that cloture motion sets up a process for ending debate and for coming to a final confirmation vote, since he won't have the cooperation of Democrats. Mm -hmm. So I suspect within within uh, no more than two weeks, um, it'll be on the Senate floor. And within several days thereafter, uh, he'll be confirmed. So there's a good chance that uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh will be on the court by uh, October 1st when the when the Supreme Court comes back. There, there is um, uh, plenty of time this month to finish the process in, in an orderly but efficient way so that Justice Kavanaugh can be uh, on the bench when the Supreme Court starts. And he'll have to hit the ground running because they've got lots of arguments in October. Well, you know, one, one great thing about him as a nominee, and, and you've, you've studied the backgrounds of these uh, judges as well, he has such a long experience mm -hmm. on an appellate court because that's what the Supreme Court is after all it's an appellate court uh, and he clerked on the Supreme Court himself he's, he's this is not uh, foreign territory for him and if anybody can do it he sure can okay so going back to the committee for a second do you think there's any chance some of the Democrats may may vote have a positive vote uh, at the committee stage no no <laughs> next question no um I, I don't think there's any chance that any democrat on the judiciary committee mm -hmm. uh, will support kavanaugh sometimes a senator on the committee might vote to send a nomination to the full senate even if he or she intends to vote no mm -hmm. in the end but i don't think uh, any Democrats on the committee will do that. I think they'll like all voting vote. for cloture, not voting Correct. for. Correct. Yeah, I think they'll all vote no. Um, I think the Democrats who um, I think are likely to support Kavanaugh's nomination in the end are, are Democrats that are not on the Judiciary Committee. Mm -hmm. And I think we all know who uh, a few of those are. Um, well, Tom, thank you so much for joining me. Well, it's it's my pleasure. This is this is a, a really unique opportunity 
I hope the American people really do tune in. This is the only time they'll be able to actually hear from the nominee himself. And it could be a great learning experience. Yeah, and you can watch it all on C-SPAN. Well, thanks for listening to SCOTUS 101. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please leave us a rating if you enjoy listening. Please follow us on Twitter at SCOTUS 101. And you can email us at SCOTUS 101 at heritage.org with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes. You've been listening to SCOTUS 101, executive produced by Elizabeth Slattery. Sound design by Michael Gooden, Lauren Evans, and Thalia Rampersat. For more information, visit heritage.org.